Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where our spirit gets fed, where our faith grows stronger, and where we learn how to be, hallelujah, overcomers, overcomers. It's God's will that you win and win and win and then win and win some more. You know, people say, well, you know, you win a few, you lose a few. That's the way the old ball bounces. Well, we ain't bouncing the old ball no more. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. And the scripture said he always causes you to triumph. If you won't quit and you're following him, you will win and win and win. Say it out loud. I'm a winner, I'm a winner. In, Christ. in Christ. He always, he always causes, me causes me to win. Praise God. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the class with us. Put everything else on hold. Stand by. It'll wait. And let's release faith today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the utterance, for the direction, the guidance of your spirit, ears and hearts that can hear and, and receive answers for a supply and a quickening of your Holy Spirit. We confess you are our healer. You are our provider. You are our protector, our enlightener, uh, everything that we need. You are that to us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go with me, please, to uh, our great textbook, the Bible, to Acts, the 14th chapter. And let's continue in our study of this healing of the lame man at, at Lystra. Verse 7, we'll begin again. Said there at Lystra, Derby, those regions around through there, they preached or proclaimed the good news, the gospel. And there said a certain man at Lystra, impotent or without strength in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him. Another translation said he looked intently at him. And uh, he perceived that the man had faith to be healed. Now all of us are spirit beings and we can perceive things too. Perceive is to, to see and know something not just through mental uh, analytics or uh, just through the five senses. But the Bible said the Spirit of God inside us, He bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and the sons of God. And so if He can cause every, every born-again believer has this witness, this knowing that I'm saved, that I'm a child of God. Well, if He can cause you to know you're a child of God, He could cause you to know something else. He can cause you to know any number of things in your life if you check in with him, if you look. And so Paul is obviously a, a spiritual man. 
And he's aware of spiritual things. And while he's preaching by the Spirit, by the anointing, and uh, he, he perceives that the man has faith to be healed, he, he's, he notices him in the crowd. And so he keeps catching his eye. And so he just looks intently at him for a little bit. And he's not looking at what he's wearing. He's not looking at his hair. He's not looking at anything on the outside. This is something he noticed spiritually. Now, people hear something like that sometimes and they, they can act weird. They can go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm perceiving spiritual things too. And no, it's, it, it's, it's more uh, easily understood than you might think. You can tell if somebody's down and depressed. You don't need a gift of the Spirit for that, right? <laughs> can you perceive? Yes. We do it all the time. You know, people say, you know, what's wrong? <laughs> Everything okay? Well, why do you say that? It's not like they had a sign that said, I'm depressed or I'm going through something. or It's not necessarily that... Uh, a physical feature changed that much, you perceived it. You, you saw it. You noticed it spiritually. And um, spiritual things are real. They're not imaginary. They're real. And they are detectable. They are discernible. Well, unbelief is discernible. You can tell if somebody's negative, right? If they're full of negativity, if they're full of fear, if the, you know, everything out of their mouth is, there's no way, I can't, it's never going to work, uh, you know, that is unbelief. That is fear. Well, the opposite of that is faith. Hallelujah. Faith believes you can. Faith believes it's possible. Faith believes God is and God has. And, and, and so that is detectable too. And Paul uh, looking intently at this man, and the more he looks at him, the uh, more he realizes, yeah, <laughs> uh, he's ready. He's ready. Faith is there. The man had faith to be healed. Uh, I know uh, one time in the healing line, uh, I was praying for people, and I got to this lady, and she was, uh, she must have been about 80 years old, and um, found out later she had had a torn uh, rotator cuff, or a shoulder problem. And for years, she had not been able to lift her arm any more than like that. She had very restricted mobility in that, that shoulder socket. And so uh, I got to her, and uh, she was a, a little bit hesitant. She wasn't that familiar with these kind of things. And so I took just a moment. I said, it's fine. And she was a little bit concerned because somebody had fallen in, in the line. And I said, uh, you see those big guys behind you? She said, yeah, there was a catcher. I said, if you don't want to fall, they will catch you. They won't let you fall. She said, really? I said, yeah. I said, y'all are catcher, right? They said, yeah, we're here. So she kind of relaxed and uh, asked her what it was going on. And she said, and, and I could tell in a few moments, she had been hearing the teaching and preaching. Faith was there. Hallelujah. And I took her by the arm and, and I said, are you ready? She said, yeah. And I don't do this all the time. I was led by the Spirit. I said, in Jesus' name, I lifted it. It came straight up. Okay. She hadn't been able to do this, but for years it went straight up. She looked at me and she started doing this. <laughs> 80 years old. 
Just like that. Hallelujah. Faith was there. Hallelujah. And I could tell when I got to her, you know, she needed to get her mind off the falling stuff because that was, that was interrupting her. But when she got off of that, she was focused. She's like, I could tell faith was there. And so I just helped her to act a little bit. And just like that, just like that, she was loosed. And she, well, how many believe this happened just like this? He jumped up on his feet and he's leaping and he's walking. Miracles still happen today because God is still around today. And faith works the same in any generation, anywhere. The problem is things have been lost. Uh, people are not preaching these things and teaching these things. So they're not being heard. They're not being believed. They're not being acted on. And you won't have it. And sometimes whole generations have lost things and it didn't get passed on to the next and people didn't get it from their parents because their parents didn't get it from their grandparents. Can you see what I'm talking about? But God hadn't gone anywhere. He hadn't changed. It's people that got away from God. Oh, but he's still there. And you get back to him and, and, and you start, you know, uh, reading these kind of things that, and, and believing these kind of things in this Bible, you get Bible results when you do Bible things. So the man leaped. He walked. And then we see a whole other, other set of things unfold. The people, when they saw, they lifted up their voices. They said in the speech of Lycaonia, the gods are come down to us. So Barnabas and uh, Paul are hearing these, this excitement and, and they don't understand the language. This is a different language. So what's going on? What's going on? And, and they're saying the gods have come down in the form of men. And, and somebody decided, this is Zeus and uh, Hermes. Are, the Roman names are, are Jupiter and Mercurius. The, the god of the sky and the god of, of uh, messengers. And uh, the priest of Jupiter heard about it. And the temple is just right out there, you know, not, not, not too far away. And so uh, he gets an ox and brings garlands to the gates, and they're going to make sacrifices to Zeus and Hermes, whom they suppose are Paul and Barnabas. Verse 14, when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, so see, they had to get the translation of it. They're like, what is going on? And who, what are they doing bringing these bulls and stuff? And somebody said, they said, what does he say? He said uh, that Zeus and Hermes have come. And he said, who's that? They said, you. <laughs> no. And so Paul and, and Barnabas, when they heard about it, they ran out into the people and they grabbed their clothes and ripped them and tore them as a demonstration of their angst. And they yelled with a loud voice. They got loud. And they cried out. They said, sirs, why are you doing these things? We are men of like passions with you, and we preach to you that you should turn from these vanities. This is saying a lot. Another word for this is worthless things. You turn from these worthless things to the living God. Well, you got Zeus's priest right there with the bull. And all these people... You know, there's no Christian church here. This is the earliest days. Um, they all worship these things. Everybody around here worships Zeus and, and all these other gods. 
And so now we're into part B (laughs) of bringing the gospel is that you can't just add Jesus to your list of gods. Mm -mm. No, what you've been worshiping is not even a god. Well, they had temples there. This has been going on for centuries. Huh? This is a big deal. And it still is today. I said it still is today. You cannot just add Jesus to your list of deities. God is a jealous God. He will not share his glory with another. And it would be a lie. Because these are the things that men worship. Even though they've worshipped them for hundreds of years, thousands of years, doesn't make it real and right. People are praying to statues. They're counting beads. They're spinning wheels. They are looking to the sun, the moon, the stars. They're doing all kinds of things. I'm not talking about thousands of years ago. I'm talking about today. Today there are temples to all manner of different gods that are not God. There's only one God. If you believe the Bible, I do. If you're a Christian, you don't have the uh, choice of including other gods. How many remember the Ten Commandments? You will have no other gods. Is that right? No other gods before me. You don't make any statutes. You don't make any likenesses of God. You don't need to be praying before any pictures or kneeling before any statues. It's against the Word of God. Did you hear me, friends? I know men have have made these things. They've added these things. They've done all these things. But they've ignored the Scripture. They've ignored the Word of God. There is one God. I'm quoting Scripture. There's one God and one mediator go-between. Between God and men. Not two, not three. You don't have to go through your preacher to get to God. You don't have to go through your priest. You can go directly directly to the Father by means of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Jesus Christ. That's a direct quote from Scripture. Thank God. And so when this happened, they, Paul and Barnabas went to great lengths to make sure everybody knows This is not okay. This is not acceptable. You might say, well, tore their clothes? Yeah. Oh, I I wouldn't do that. Well, maybe you need to have a change of thought. There are times when we need to be demonstrative, maybe even get loud. Because everybody needs to be clear on what's going on here. And what's what's okay, what's not okay. And, and what they wanted everybody to know is, no, you, we will not tolerate you worshiping us. We will not tolerate you, including Zeus, in this miracle. We will not tolerate it. And there are times you and I need to stand up straight and we need to not mumble. Hmm? And I know that's an unusual uh, action for today, tearing your clothes, but it sure makes a point, don't it? Is that right? If I stood up today and I grabbed my shirt and I just ripped and tore it up and I said, no, 
you would understand. I'm not happy about something, right? You, you hear it. You see it. It really paints a vivid picture. And so why am I saying that? Because the Bible gives us this. It wants, he wants us to know this. He, he didn't have to include this detail. And so they said, uh, no, we are men with like passions to you. And we're preaching to you that you should turn from these vanities. You need, you got to get away from these worthless things. Now, uh, you understand, this could have been taken as an insult. Priest of Jupiter is just there trying to worship you. And you call his whole temple stuff worthless. <laughs> you can see why they had issues. Everywhere they went, like I said, they had revival and riot. One of the big issues they had was with the, the temples, the false god temples uh, and the idol makers. They had troubles with the uh, silversmith union because <laughs> they made all this money making idols and shrine things. And Paul comes along and says, those are not even gods. They'd never answered a prayer. There is only one God. It was a big, big deal then. It's a big deal now. Because there are people who try to tell us all the time. I've had people, I've had numbers of people try to do it. Well, this is this what they worship is the same God by another name. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, people just have their own way of getting to God. Jesus said He is the only way. Now, if you don't believe that, of course, it's a, it's a free world in that sense. You can believe whatever you want to. Millions of people believe lies. And they believe them all their life till they die and find out. But uh, the Bible's either true or it's not. I'm satisfied the Bible is true. I'm happy. Somebody says, well, you're, you're just narrow-minded and saved. <laughs> Jesus said there's a broad way that leads to destruction. And there's a lot of people that are going down this broad interstate to destruction. He said there's a straight and a narrow way that leads to life. And relatively few that find it when you talk about the billions of people on the planet. It's relatively few. And that's a sad thing. But it's, it's, it's people's choice. There are people that will hear things like I'm saying right now. And they still scoff and say, I don't believe all that. I, I believe this. Well, it's your choice. And one of these days we're going to find out who's right. And it won't be very long. And it won't be whether it's me right or you right. Is this right? Is God real? Is Jesus real? Is the Bible true? I've got copious evidence that he is. In my life, I don't just have theory. I got experience. I got experience every day of my life that God is real. He does the things in my life that I read about in this book. He's real. I'm saved. I'm happy about it. The Bible said my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. How about you, class? You, are you with me? If this is new to you, but it bears witness with your heart, and you're hearing it, and you believe it's true, I want you to say this with me out loud. Say it out loud, class, with them. Father God, Father God I acknowledge you, I acknowledge you the, one, the one, the true, the, true, the, only, the only, living God. Living there are no other gods. There are no other gods before you, are beside you, are like you. You are the only 
the one, the true, the living God, and there is no salvation in any other name except the name of your Son, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, you've got to make that stand boldly, confidently, clearly if you're going to be saved, if you're going to really be a Christian. And it, it, there's no other greater life available. They came out, they ripped their clothes. They said, what are you doing? That's what we're here doing is preaching to you, telling you to get away from this stuff. Get away from these worthless vanities to the living God. Now, see, this means more than what we might pick up here. The living God which made the heaven. Well, see, that's who they think Zeus is. Zeus is the God of the sky. The living God who made the heaven and the earth. They had gods for the earth. And the sea. Who, who was that? Poseidon or whoever that was. They had a God for that. And, and, and all kind of gods. And all things that are therein. He's saying, uh-uh. The God I'm talking to you about, he's the one made the heaven, and he made the earth, and he made the sea, and he made... And they're thinking, oh, that's Poseidon. No, it ain't. It's God, <laughs> the one, the true, the only, the living God. In times past, he said he suffered all nations to walk in their ways. Nevertheless, he left him, not himself without witness. See, we're still talking about witness. From the very first of this book, they preached boldly, and God gave witness doing signs and wonders. They preached the gospel at Lystra. Somebody believed it and acted on it. God gave witness. He performed that word in that man's life. He was healed. And God has always been doing that, giving witness. He did good, giving us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Now see, that's all slapping the face of these false gods. Because they have gods of rain, they have gods of fruitfulness, they have gods of, of, of fertility and bounty and all that. And he's, he's attributing everything good like this to the one only God. And with these sayings, they scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice to them. I mean, they only barely kept them from doing it. But finally, the priest from Zeus says, well, okay, all right, I'll take my bull back. And so he goes back to the temple. But that's what they're, they're running into is this long-held, you know, false god worship. And we, sometimes we read these things and say, well, that, you know, that's a thing of antiquity. No, it's not. I'm telling you, I drove down the street in another country not that long ago. And they had statues of bulls and statues of snakes and statues of dragons. And sta I mean, the whole street was different temples for different gods. Today, now, and people attend there. They go there for services and sacrifices and they burn incense and they do all these things. And they are worthless, the scripture said, worthless vanities. Somebody said, you're insulting my God. You don't have a God. You just think you do. What you're doing will never help you. It can lead you off into destruction. There's only one God. I'm quoting scripture. There's only one God. 
Jesus said, if you don't believe I'm the one, you will die in your sins. I'm quoting him as what he said. I'm thankful that I have found the one. Class, do you feel the same way? I'm so thankful. I'm not blind and confused, worshiping false gods, wasting my life, pouring out sacrifices and offerings and doing things, people cutting themselves, doing all kind of stuff to a God, so-called, who will never answer your prayer, never meet your need, never, never. Thank God for the true living God who does hear prayer, who can meet a need, who heal this man, and he'll heal you too. So when that was done, I want you to notice how quickly things turned around. Man, how quickly. Verse 19 there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium. Now you got to back up to verse 1 and the first couple of verses because they had just come through there. And that was, it was in Iconium, verse 5, where they learned that the Gentiles and Jews and their rulers were making plans to do harm to them and to stone them. And verse 6 is when they cut out and they left Iconium. And here they had preached in Lystra, Derby, these other cities. Well, here people have traveled from Iconium uh, to cause problems for Paul in these other cities. Now, you know it's demon-inspired when you spend your own money <laughs> to follow a preacher around <laughs> to cause him trouble. You are demon-inspired. And so that's what they're doing. But it, they were successful. They came there. And they persuaded the people. That's the people in Lystra. And they stoned Paul. Well, how long has it been since they were trying to worship him? I mean, from worship to stoning. In what? Nothing flat. Whew. Worship? Nah. Let's kill him. <laughs> oh, you see the fickleness of human beings, don't you? How quickly the mob can change. They stoned him. They drew him or dragged him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, and in the scripture, the, the words mean they stood in a circle around him. He's laying there. He's been hit with all these rocks, bloody, everything else. Now, you, you can be pretty sure they were convinced he was dead or they'd have kept throwing rocks. And then they drug him out of town. They must have been convinced. He wasn't moving. They must have been convinced he was dead. And he may have been. But as they stood around about him, he rose up. They're probably standing around going, oh no, our man of God, our man of God. And maybe he would, maybe he didn't move, maybe he didn't make a sound. And all at once, he gets up. He gets up and came into the city. And the next day, everybody said next day. Next day, day. he's got to be sore. Next day, they departed with Barnabas to Derby. We're going to look at more of that later, but astounding, amazing. So we really have another healing right here, don't we? Another miracle. He may have been raised from the dead. That sounds more probable to me. But either way, standing up for God, you'll have miracles and you can have attacks. There'll be persecution. But even though there are many afflictions of the righteous, the Lord delivers him out of them all. Somebody say all. all. Our time's up for today. 
Come back. We need to finish some more of this. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 